Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is John Van Lunen, and you are listening to Treasures of the Outer Banks, the podcast that celebrates the people and places that make this beach special. This is episode 041 with Scott Dawson, the author of the book, The Lost Colony and Hatteras Island. Scott was raised on Hatteras Island and calls it home to this day. Besides being an author of several books, he's also a historian and amateur archaeologist. Having grown up on Hatteras Island, Scott Dawson saw artifacts and heard stories from his ancestors and friends regarding the Croatoan Indians. In his book, he explains how Croatoan was a standalone island where Buxton, Frisco, and Hatteras are currently located. It was a standalone island because there was an inlet somewhere around the north side of Buxton. In his research, Scott Dawson cites multiple examples of evidence proving that the English, who were left on Roanoke Island, went to Croatoan and were assimilated into the tribe with the help of their native friend, Manio. The English had been to Croatoan two other times, so they were familiar with the area and had created friendships with the natives. Nobody was ever lost, and there is no mystery. Besides the written evidence, the Croatoan Archaeology Society has performed several successful digs on Hatteras Island, giving them physical proof that the colonists were here. Scott Dawson will explain more. Let's get started. It is therefore important that a more unbiased and scientifically based account is presented to show that the first English to have settled in North America survived among among Native Americans and that their descendants may still be living unidentified today. That's actually the foreword from the book The Lost Colony and Hatteras Island by Scott Dawson. And that forward is written by Professor Mark Horton, who I believe was a pretty big part of helping you do your research here on the Outer Banks. Mark Horton is the the lead archaeologist. There's obviously more than one archaeologist on these digs. We have a a big team of scientists that come in, but he is the head man. He's the one that's in charge of everything. And so he's been coming to Hatteras Island since 2009 and excavating with us. And um, without him, we probably wouldn't have been able to, to do it at all. You see, I am more of a historian, and I had been trying to get professionals to come to Hatteras Island to dig because if I did it, it wouldn't count. Right. You need somebody that has a PhD and has right. all the credentials and knows what they're doing. Um, I watched as houses are being built and these swimming pools going in and, and whatnot, they're just crushing this beautiful archaeology and you're seeing thousands of pieces of native american pottery and pipe bowls there were suits of armor and i just thought what a colossal waste right so getting mark and those guys to come here was half of the um of what needed to be done is to get professionals here then you had to get permission from the property owners and then you got to go do it and dig it up and we did that and ended up finding better finds than anybody could have possibly anticipated. That's amazing. Um, Even though the historical records are crystal clear that Hatteras Island is Croatoan, they give the latitude and everything, it's on the map. I knew we were going to find some Croatoan material, and I thought that they probably are the ones that adopted the colony because it's common sense. They wrote down they went there, they had a relationship with that tribe, blah, blah, blah. But you look at Jamestown, that was never missing, and they couldn't find the fort till the 90s. You look at um, Roanoke, they've done 111 digs to the tune of like millions of dollars. Really? And they've never found a damn thing. So, you know, even I grew up on this island, right? I know for a fact that I was here the entire decade of the 80s. I challenge you to dig a hole and find a Sony Walkman that proves that. You know, <laughs> knowing something and being able to prove it are two yeah. different things, but we're actually able to do both because we landed bang right on top of the village and it was full of Elizabethan material at the bottom and it couldn't be better than, than what we got. Nice. So let me back up for a second. So the, the premise the premise of the book is basically the lost colony is the name of a play that was turned into a lie. Um, they're actually, you don't call them the lost colony, you call them the abandoned colony? Well, that's more accurate. See, the lost colony, that term was invented in the 1930s. That's a fairy tale that Paul Green made up. It's just a play. 
and they made it very mysterious and they have this spooky ending of the colony vanished because that made a, these ticket sales better. Sure. But it's not real. It's just like Disney's Pocahontas, right? In real life, she was nine or 10 years old and kidnapped and there's a whole story. But Disney decided to make her fall in love with the English and be some consenting adult that looks like a supermodel because that sells more tickets, right? right? There's a difference between um, theater and science right. and history. And unfortunately, the lost colony mythology is so intriguing that it that it's been used by the History Channel and the American Horror Story and all these other different media outlets. They just pump the same myth because it makes money. And when a myth makes money, it's hard to kill. You look at Blackbeard or Billy the Kid or King Arthur or any time fiction touches history, fiction wins. It always has a louder voice. And in this case, it's leaked into school. And that's the problem that I have is that right. kids are learning in school that the very word Croatoan is some cryptic message carved on a tree by the colony and that no one knows what it means. Right. And that's a lie. And it's a, a, a hurtful lie because you just erased the Croatoan people from history completely. If you tell kids that, it's no different than if you said they wrote down Cherokee. We're not sure if that's a body of water or what. We've never heard of them. That's what they tell kids in right. school. Even though there's thousands of pages of documents talking about the Croatoan people. You had Croatoan Indians on the ship with the colony coming back from their second trip to England. You had the English live on the island of Croatoan for three years before the lost colony came over. Right. Um, and then there's the whole death of George Howe, who was one of the lost colonists, and he was murdered shot 16 times with arrows, had his brains beaten out. What's significant about that is when he was killed, what did the English do? They sent 20 Englishmen to Croatoan with Mantio, who is Croatoan and was on the ship with them, spoke English, blah, blah, blah. And they come to this island, Croatoan, and they beg for help. So our man George Howe was murdered. We're pretty sure it was the Sequitan Indians who did it. And the Croatoan confirmed that it was. The Sequitan had killed some soldiers the year before. And the reason the Sequitan hated the English so bad is because English had murdered their chief and burned down a village. So there's this whole backstory that you don't get at all. Right. With the Lost Colony mythology, they start the story in the middle like Star Wars, and you never get the beginning. Um, if you know the, the real story... Croatoan is not some mystery word. That's a tribe that the English had been living with for years. And together, the English and the Croatoan fought another tribe and murdered their chief and burned down the village of Oguskokok and kidnapped children and all stuff. So when the colony comes in, they are inheriting these problems. Right. They, um, the colonists themselves didn't do anything. So George Howe's death is very sad because he didn't do it, right? Um, the soldiers from the year before hadn't done anything, and they got attacked. So when the um, colony asked the Croatoan for help, not only do they agree to do it and throw a feast and music and host the English, they travel to the mainland with warriors, and they sack a village called Dasikamonopo, which today is Vance Harbor. Mm -hmm. You can see it from Roanoke Island, and that's where all the raids were coming from. So the Croatoan went over there and smashed them, stole all their corn, took over their houses, took over the whole village. And the English saw them doing this. And they said, we just wanted you to talk to them and try to, <laughs> right. you know, see if you could negotiate some kind of peace. But, I mean, this works too. It's kind of like getting a field goal, right? Right. <laughs> so they took it. And when the governor left, he told them to write down where they were going, and they did. And he came back and saw that he wasn't, um, confused by it at all. He saw Croatoan and said, I greatly enjoyed to know that our colony was safe at Croatoan with Manio, which is the place where he was born, and the people of that island are friends. We came to renew the old love that was between us and them at the first and live amongst them, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing in there that he wrote down about what does this word mean, you know? Right. So they're not telling the whole truth, and that's so that you can make it a mystery, you know? Right. Um, now, he never actually made it back down here because they got hit by a storm. Eight of them had already drowned and died. So now you've had nine deaths with George Howell mixed in. Um, they're uh, blown out to sea. The ships are damaged. The anchor is ripped away. 
and the captain died, Edward Spicer. So the new guy decided we're done. We're yep. going back, and they end up wrecking in Ireland. But they knew where they had colony had gone. They just didn't get there. They tried to go there. Right. Um, now the next person to come here after that is John Lawson, who meets the grandchildren of the colony, who tell him their ancestors were white people who could speak out of a book. They right. had the covers of Latin Bibles, so it's before James, and they said that they came on Sir Walter Raleigh's ships. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> all the evidence is right all there. All the evidence is right there. And now we're digging and we're finding, you know, a snap owl's gun lock and a swept hilt rapier sword and, oh, there's a Tudor rose. I mean, Jesus. Like, everything you could possibly find, all this Elizabethan material from helmets to guns to bricks to glass, it's all in the Croatoan Indian village, like inside of longhouses and right there where they said they went. Standing in the other corner is a fiction play based on absolutely nothing but Paul Green's imagination. Right. So, but it made money, right? So they, it leaked into schools and everything else. In the other corner, we have the actual history, what's actually written down is crystal clear about where they went. And then you have the science to back that up that shows their stuff is right here where they said it was gonna be. Um, that should be all you need. Right. Right? Like, if you find a cannonball at Gettysburg, well, that makes sense, right? Because we know what happened at Gettysburg, so you're going to find some Civil War bullets or whatever. Right. Well, the reason that we found this stuff isn't because we were lucky. We were looking where we were looking because the primary sources indicate to the very creek even. If you're from here and you're reading it, you can kind of narrow it down where it's talking about. and. It, the, the primary sources led us to where to go to dig and it was correct right so all of this was based on history it wasn't like we were randomly digging holes all over the island and got lucky right um, this is all based on fact and you know that's part of science science and history work together um, all the time that you can't do archaeology without also history right Doing or you would research. have no idea where to yeah. dig a hole yeah, which, which leads me to my next question is uh, the, the research of written journals and logs. Uh, when did this kind of hit you and, and how long did that take you to, to dig up some of these clues? So the um, folks over at Jamestown have this thing called the Jamestown Project. It's on virtualjamestown.com and they have taken and compiled everything from Arthur Barlow in 1584, straight through all the Jamestown guys who don't get there until 1607. But Richard Hockloot, which was the court historian for Queen Elizabeth, had already compiled all of the journals from these guys. So you have Richard Grenville, who was in charge of the 1585 group. You have Arthur Barlow from the 1584 group. You have John White, who was here in 85, 87, and 90. So there's several accounts by him. You have a 90-page um, ethnography that was done by Thomas Harriet. All of this stuff is compiled and free online. Now, it wasn't for a long time. Now, we were talking um, before we started this show, like how bizarre it is that segregation didn't end until just a few decades ago, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't have the internet until the mid-90s. Right. And if you wanted to read um, Thomas Harriet, for example, you probably had to make an appointment fly to London, put on white gloves, right. they'd roll it out, and you had 30 minutes to try to jot down whatever. Right. Now it's all digital, right? right? They can foot, like transcribe it, put it online, it's free. You can be a member of the National Archives for $4 for a year. So it, it, you still gotta sit down and read it, and you still gotta know, you know, what you're, uh, you have to have a general knowledge about whatever time period you're in. Right? You have to understand the technologies of the time and all that to really know what you're talking about. So it's good to, to be a historian and have read tons of this stuff. Um, people will start reading primary sources and get a paragraph in and quit because the way that they spoke and the way that they wrote is very different from now. But it's like one of those things in the mall that looks like a jumble of just <laughs> green dots and you stare at it for a while and, oh, there's a Statue of Liberty in there. 
if you stick with it, all of a sudden, I promise, you'll start reading it and it'll sound normal. It's kind of like the Bible, right? If you're a little right. kid and you're reading it, it's like, this is hard with all these these and thys. But if you do it all the time, it just rattles through, right? right. It's easy. Um, so reading the sources is all you need to do <laughs> to know that the lost colony is complete BS. And that, you know, in real life, there's this whole other story, blah, 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 and it came here. So that's that's important as the birth of america and right. unfortunately what happened is the 30s when the lost colony came out was also probably the peak of racism in this country um it's several decades away from desegregation you couldn't even sit next to somebody at the lost colony play who wasn't white they didn't have any native actors in it until like a couple like two years ago um and it was a product of the times you know, they're not going to end the play with blue-eyed Indians wearing English clothes playing on Hatteras Island because they had torn the stage down. So they made up this other fancy thing. And immediately they start pushing this narrative with all these, these fake hoaxes like the Dare Stones and stuff, which the guys admitted it, including the first one. <laughs> and they're, they're all as fake as Joan Rivers' face, but it's, it's pushing this sinister narrative that the Indians killed them. And right. um, I challenge you to find anything from 1937 written about Native Americans uh, that isn't racist. You know, right. everything, every book, comic, whatever, is um, always portraying, even the cartoons, they're always trying to cook someone in a pot, like at Peter Pan or whatever. And so that's why the Lost Colony play is, is not only inaccurate, but it's also racist. Right. Um, and the reason they're okay with Oh well, yes, we're erasing the Croatoan people from history completely, but who cares? This is a better story. It's like, well, sure, if all you care about is making money, right? But what about the Croatoan people? Don't they matter? Uh, they showed nothing but love and charity. The only thing left to steal from them is their past. The land's gone. The people are basically been breeded out, and you're now going to steal the history as right. well. That's just too much, man. Like. They deserve more respect than that, and they should be remembered for who they were and the role that they played in American history instead of being ignored just so some folks on Roanoke Island can make some money. Right. So you, you obviously were able to do a lot of research. Of, you found in writing what they were doing and where they were going. You have an excellent idea. Um, at the same time, you grew up here, and you start seeing artifacts in people's houses, uh, right? I mean, people just finding stuff. You're probably finding a few things. Yeah, so my my grandmother was raised by her grandmother because it was during the Depression and her mom was working and they all lived a mile apart, so she saw them a lot, but she was mostly raised by her grandmother, who was Croatoan. Wow. So I know a lot of the language. I know a lot of the culture. I know a lot of the history, and they always maintain that this is what happened, and my great-grandmother, too, would always tell me, uh, like, don't listen to that mess up in yeah. Manio. Like, that's all lies. And let me show you something. And, and I was like, okay, all right, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they used to make bluefish stew, and they would use every part of the fish and, like, the, all that stuff, the pound netting. There's a lot of things on this island that linger from the tribe that people don't realize that's where it came from. Nice. Um, but so we always knew about them like there were still Croatoan people walking around here during World War One. Really? Um, not many, but you had a land grant to the Hatteras tribe. It's not like the tribe disappeared in fifteen eighty seven. The tribe disappeared in nineteen thirty seven when they pretended they didn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. But they're always you know, on this island people were always quite irritated about that play, um, because it erased them from history. Right. Uh, the first place the English landed in the New World ever was Buxton. And if you asked 100 Americans, most right. of them would say Plymouth, which is not even... That's like 40 years later. Right. So, so, or Jamestown so, or Roanoke. They're all wrong. Yeah. Here. I'm jumping around a little bit. So I finished reading the book yesterday, and so this, some of this stuff was pretty fresh in my mind. And uh, I started writing it down, a bunch of stuff. And it got me thinking, is that, you know... Uh, was Roanoke Island considered a failure because the colony just didn't take? And maybe, you know, 
are the pilgrims celebrated and recognized because they were considered successful? Could that be a theory? Well, Jamestown is still before the pilgrims. Um, the pilgrims celebrate themselves because people in Massachusetts think Adam and Eve arrived on the Mayflower. <laughs> they just <laughs> only care about themselves, basically. They ignored Jamestown forever. It wasn't until that silly Pocahontas movie that they started teaching about Jamestown in school outside of the state of Virginia. Um, they just said, well, you know, this is up here. Um, and then Jamestown was like, hey, we're, we're 20 years before, and they're right. Well, this is 23 years before Jamestown. Yeah. And what they say is, well, that colony wasn't permanent, but what they actually mean is that it wasn't permanently white because it's permanent. They right. didn't go home. They stayed here and right. they had blue-eyed native children. So that's permanent. Yeah. It's just not permanently white. And you touch upon that in the book is that because they were assimilated into the tribe, that the, the common feeling at the time was that they were no longer civilized white people. And so right. they, they shouldn't be recognized as anything like that. That's exactly what happened. I mean, you, that is what happened. You can see it. So, um, yeah, they just swept it under the rug and, and didn't champion that too hard. And there was a lot of people in Jamestown that went and married natives, too. And they're finding that as they're, is that right? as they're doing archaeology up there. It makes sense. I mean, if you colonized China, you'd have a lot of people marrying Chinese people. It's just wherever you go, I mean, you're going, you're, you're surrounded by right. this. And you've got something like eight times as many men as women in the beginning and in the colony there's only 16 girls and there's 111 there's 101 dudes the first you know the first roanoke colony there was that so that's the thing i have a problem too there's no such thing as a roanoke colony or roanoke voyages they never intended to grow to roanoke at all right so the first voyage is all men and they're not trying to put a colony here it's just a military expedition is that that's 1584 84 and they came as a recon mission to find a place to loot Spanish ships. Right. You can't even see the ocean from Roanoke Island. <laughs> right. They spent the entire time on Hatteras. Right. And this is where they met Manio and Wanchis. All that took place on Hatteras Island. And Roanoke and, and, just and, stole it and, and acted like us. it happened there. <laughs> you know? and, yeah, that is funny. And tell us why uh, uh, Croatoan was such a perfect place for well, looting. Well, ha Hatteras Island, Croatoan, it sticks out into the Gulf Stream and it's perfect because the Spanish who were in Florida and the Caribbean they followed the Gulf Stream to get home so they're looting these ships where they can actually see them right and later um, the second voyage is still all men still comes to Hatteras and that one after five months a portion of them went to Roanoke Island for a couple of months and then the group living on Hatteras spotted Francis Drake flagged him down with smoke and they all left with him and went back to England Never was everybody consolidated on Roanoke. Right. So if you're doing it like a time of possession, like football, Hatteras is crushing <laughs> right. Right? Ro Roanoke Island. The third group did go to Roanoke Island, and that was 15 men that got killed in a day, right? Because they're paying for what the second group had irritated everybody on the mainland. Right. The fourth group, which is the Lost Colony, they only were stopping by Roanoke to pick up the 15 men who had been left uh. there before. They didn't know they were dead yet. Now, while they're looking for these guys, they find a skeleton of one of them, and the fort's burned down, and it doesn't look good. The houses are overgrown with melons. There's deer inside eating them. No one has been there for a while. Right. And then one of the colonists gets jacked. So George Howe gets shot 16 times, like I talked about. And then what do they do? They send people to Croatoan to get help and received it. Like, this is a very easy-to-understand story if you're told the whole story. But the way that it's taught in school is like if you taught World War II and never mentioned Germany and you just started the story at the bombing of Pearl Harbor and then went through to the atomic bombs right. and left never mentioned Hitler or anything. Right. Like they're cutting out the bulk of the story by cutting Hatteras out of the story, cutting Man's Harbor out of the story, cutting everyone but the north end of Roanoke Island out of the story. Right. Like if it wasn't within a few miles of Andy Griffith's house, it didn't happen, <laughs> right? And, that's kind of what, what went on and forever. And now the play has finally changed and basically has them walking down to Hatteras. And the reason why is because they, they got native actors instead of painting white people brown. Right. And when they did, they, they kind of pushed to make it a little bit more realistic. Did they really? Yeah, okay. because you're erasing this tribe. Sure. And they know how it feels. Yeah. And that's so good for you. Thanks, 
thank you, little turtle, Tay. <laughs> and <laughs> the rest, the... everybody else. I, did, I had nothing to do with it other than, well, I did some because I, I um, constantly made fun of the play. But, <laughs> but I'm not the one that ultimately pushed it through. They, they got new people running it, and they actually uh, are a lot more reasonable. And they're not – the play isn't perfect. It's not supposed to be. It's a play. Right. But it was so wrong before. Right. You know, that they made it not as bad, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've, you've, um, you've kind of figured out – you know who went where, when they went, where they went, and you have it down uh, pretty narrowed down. You find an archaeologist uh, with a PhD to come help you out a little bit, and you guys start hitting gold almost right away. And kind of fast forwarding a little bit, you start finding these striations, and you can date these eras of layers, correct? Right. So we're dating everything stratigraphically, which is how archaeology is done. And on Hatteras Island, we're very, very lucky because this doesn't happen normally. But here, the layers are as easy as it could possibly be because it goes from gold colored windblown sand to black. I mean, it's a very clear layer. And the artifacts that we're finding, you've got, it's, it's about what you're not finding sometimes. So. Right. We get all this, we got three coin weights, right? Which is this thing that you put up against a gold coin and, and if it weighed the same, great. And if not, then they had cheated you and snipped some off, right? Okay. Three different ones, three different styles, one square, one oval, one round, all from 1644. And they're all like 50 feet apart. Well, if you get three different kinds, they're all 1644. It's a good chance somebody was there that year, right? But if you find something from 1650, and it's exactly the same layer, like standing next to it, then it didn't get there in 44, it got sure. there in the 50s. Right. And they just had something that was six years old on them. Right. right. So you go by whatever the most recent thing is in a layer. The layer that we're getting, the, the Nuremberg token and some of these key artifacts is 1580s. There's nothing in there newer than that. Right. Right. So this, this is them. Yeah. Now there are a 15, few. By the way, 1587 is the magic number we're looking for. That's it, and that's what we're getting. There's there are some artifacts like the the signet ring and all that that have a typology of being 16th century, but they're found in a layer from 1620s or so. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense. You gotta. It's not like they got here in 1587 and just poof died in a day. Yeah, and dropped all their dropped stuff. all their stuff. They're going to live for a couple of decades, and as they do, you're getting whatever coming in. So some of the guns and the more valuable objects are passed on, even if it's a half white person using it or whatever. Yeah. It's still from the colony, and it doesn't get discarded until they start having another source for guns. Right. So you the gun parts, the guns that we find, the gun locks, the mechanism, they always have parts from other guns in them where they're using these things to the nth degree right the um we have glass arrowheads right we've got these the metal hoop that went around a wooden barrel they're all they're twisted into drills and things and this is evidence of metallurgy it's just somebody working on a blacksmithing that you can't unless you're superman you can't twist steel like that right um the the hinges from wooden chest and, and doors are all been modified. So all of the iron is being used to the nth degree. Yeah. And people were very resourceful. You just couldn't replace anything well, easily. They, so especially here, there is no iron, like right. no one ever came back. Now they didn't know that no one was coming back, but eventually they figured that out the hard way yeah. and they start, it, it shows a story of desperation, but it also shows that they lived long enough to be desperate. Right. That they lived long enough that every hatchet and saw that they brought was dull and used yeah. to the to nothing. So they start taking the other iron to make more out of it. Right. And we know that it is not the Croatoan that did this because they don't know how to blacksmith. Right. Good point. So I guess they could have learned, but even that's evidence of a colonist living there because it takes a couple of years to, to apprentice and learn how to do some of what we're seeing. Right. Um, and there was a man, there was a metallurgist that yeah. he probably wound up here and probably right. started teaching him and helping him. Well, or, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
we've got the fire bar, we've got smelted copper, we've got we know all that. And he probably would have been the most useful colonist <laughs> right. here because they're already masters at fishing and hunting here. Right. They don't need anybody to help them farm. They, we're talking about Indians, okay? Right. So they know far more about this island and, and how to grow everything and every root and every edible plant on the island. But what they needed was Wasador metal. And in the beginning, that's what they're trading for to get that's the only thing the English had that they wanted right. was metal tools. They didn't really, I guess, wool blankets a little bit. They did like later. Um, and unfortunately, alcohol uh, becomes a huge problem later. Seems like mostly brandy from what we're finding. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I, I actually highlighted that section uh, around 1650. I guess there was a layer of 1650. You find guns, ammo, ammo and other... Mm-hmm. signs of assimilation and brandy bottles yeah and so is that just the next wave of english people or we, other we don't, europeans don't have any europe other than the colony you don't have any europeans living here until about 1715 so when john lawson came 1701 there were no white people here you had blue-eyed indians you had the tale of white ancestors who came a raleigh ship but it was a native society um, the stuff that we're getting in the 1650s is trade. So you've got Indians that trade with Indians that trade with Indians that trade with Jamestown, okay. right? So it's coming down the pipe. So you're not finding like housewares. You're finding lead shot. You're finding brandy bottles. You're finding trade goods, right. trade beads, that kind of thing. Um, by the 1700s, you're finding houses. You're finding daub. You're finding, you know, fireplaces where white people are living here, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in the 1500s, we're finding that too, but not 16, right? So the 1500s, we found a forge. We found some big square beam, because that's the colony. And then there's no one else for over 100 years that is of European descent. Mm. Um, but there is some of their stuff is, is wiggling down here, right. right? Just as you find this all over the world, um, Columbus was in the Bahamas. And then, he, and then later Haiti, but some of the stuff from him ends up in Florida. Is that right? Because it's natives trading with sure. other natives, and mo- that stuff moves around over generations. Um, here on Hatteras Island, we're kind of so isolated that it just moves from Buxton to Frisco. You know, like it <laughs> and that's it. It doesn't go. We might go to Hatteras Village. We have found some olive jar and some things at Hatteras Village as well. So, yeah, three Croatoan villages. You know, they take. 30 people each, and maybe the one in Buxton takes 45 or something. Then you've got them all. Um, now, that doesn't mean that the colony fared well. Uh, I don't think they did. They, they're trying to die. These guys, like, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't bring the farmers and fishermen. and They brought these guys from London who get everything from a market, and they right. just thought they could trade copper. They didn't know they weren't going to be resupplied either. They didn't know they were stuck here. Yeah, what kind of sales pitch was that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spend three months on a boat, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, at least two pregnant women did it, because baby Harvey and right. baby Dare. How crazy going. is that? So yeah, they you know, they had courage for sure. Um, but, uh, if you've ever been to England, it rains every day. That's why they all went everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> they went to Canada, Australia, India, here. Because they just wanted to be anywhere but that smoggy pit of... Right. Um, rain and bad food so jumping around a little bit more uh, something you mentioned very briefly at the end of the book was that they had two and I don't know how to pronounce this pinnaces yeah okay and it's a it's a boat Mm -hmm. Um, let's ballpark 30 35 feet let's just in that general area Um, they may have may have or may not have had sails they had some kind of propulsion oars or sails they had sails okay they, the, so they had um a couple of dozen long boats and a long boat has one spritzel sail in the middle it's like not going to do well in the ocean right right they're not for that they, they didn't leave them with anything transatlantic if you don't have a draft of at least eight feet then you're just going to get tossed around like a toy right and you'd never make it across i mean it's possible, but it's stupid, right? <laughs> right? Like you could drive a car with your knees. It doesn't make it a good idea. Right. 
Um, but they left them two pinnaces as well, and they're about 40 feet long, 35 feet long, and that is perfect to sail around in the sound because the draft is very shallow. If you had eight feet of draft in the sound, you wouldn't go anywhere. Right. Which is what they found out when they built the Elizabeth II. <laughs> no, no ship ever went to Roanoke because you could. The only thing that ever went up there was a rowboat, right? Because right. it's like a foot deep, um, and they had to dredge a channel to get it out. Right. I've it's heard like, well, that's what you get funny. for having fake history because that ship <laughs> was never here. You know, that's, only that's thing awesome. that came here were people on rowboats from Hatteras, right? right? So, um, so I wonder, you know, if if I was out here and I all I had was the natives and two pinnaces at my disposal, what would I do? And I think. I think I would explore inland, or let the or let the natives help me explore inland. Like, hey, you guys know where to go. Then you would where get, should we go? Then you would get murdered. Because think about this. All right, you're one of the colonists. You're here on Roanoke Island, and you see that your man George Howe has 16 arrows in him, and his brains bashed out. And you know that the guys that the smoke from the fire and the drums that you hear across the sound right there at Man's Harbor are the guys who did it. You also know that further inland are the Mandawag, who showered Ralph Lane with arrows, and the Chowan, where Ralph Lane opened up on them with grape shot and kidnapped some of their kids. And then to the south of that, around Madame Mesquite, is a village that the English burned down, and everyone hates you. So, like, going inland is absolute suicide. Right. It's not just like you pull out a map of North Carolina and we're like, oh, I would go here, there's more farmland. It's like that wasn't an option. Right. Because you would get murdered. This would be like a, a Jewish family during World War II leaving Poland by going to Germany. Except it's even dumber because you can't blend in. Right? That would have been instant suicide. It's, no matter where they set up in the mainland, they were going to get smacked. Because the Mandawag hated them. The Sequitin hated them. Everyone hated them. The only tribe that didn't want to kill them was the Croatoan. And, and I don't say this. They were killing them. Like We have evidence of this. Um, George Howe was brutally murdered. They didn't just shoot him. They shot him 16 times and then decorated the marsh with his brains. All right, the year before that, they shot a soldier through the mouth with an arrow and then and bashed another guy's head in with a club. So it's not like they can just go wherever they want. There's this historical context. For three years, the English were at war with the Sequitin. And for five years, the Croatoan were at war with the Sequitin because they were at war with them for two years before the English got here. Right. All right. You murdered their chief and cut his head off and put it on a pike. They also murdered another prominent guy, one of the councilmen named Asakan and cut his head off too. There's a lot, a lot of bad blood, and that's why they can't go inland. I mean, you right. can if you want to die. Right. Um, that's why, like, it, it's not that Hatteras Island is a garden of Eden where you can just pick fruit off or whatever. One, they don't know they're lost, right? And the guy who's in charge when John White leaves is a man named Edward Stafford. Edward Stafford had lived on Croatoan for 14 months already. So he was pretty comfortable. He was already comfortable here, and he got them all rescued by burning smoke when he spotted Drake coming. Mm -hmm. They're looking for any Dutch or English ship. They're allies of the Dutch at the time. And... As far as they know, somebody will come by and they'll be rescued. Though that's not what happened, but as far as I know, that's all they got to do is come repeat what they've already done. Come here. Two, Manio's from here, and yeah. he speaks English. Three, they just threw you a feast, welcomed you with loving arms, and then traveled to the mainland and beat up your enemies yeah. for you. <laughs> this isn't hard. Yeah, like easy, easy decision. This isn't a hard thing to understand. <laughs> right. And then the kicker is they didn't write Chesapeake on a tree or whatever. They, you know, right. if they had, then that would lead. That'd be different. But they didn't. All roads lead to Croatoan. Every single thing is the same. And I think people want a more complicated answer because, like, well, that sucks. You mean the Lost Colony just went where they wrote down they went? Yes. But, oh well, you know, sorry it's not a more fancy answer, but that's where they are. We've been digging them up for years, and it's there's nothing anywhere else. So, here's a good one for you. Manio, he, and he wasn't a chief, uh, but Manio goes to England not once, but twice. Right. Have you found any literature in England describing his visits there? Very little. Um, so, he was a kid. They, not like a little kid but like a teenager mm -hmm. and the reason that they chose teenagers to go to england is because they speak english more easily 
they will learn new language faster than an adult. Um, he is described as being a lusty fellow, which in the 16th century just meant that he was well built. Um, you're trying to entice investors. So you don't want some starving Ethiopian looking guy and be like, right. hey, you don't you want to live over there? No, you want to get somebody who's robust and healthy and use their own racism against them. Look, <laughs> if this nimble-minded savage didn't be this healthy, then surely you can. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that nimble-minded savage is probably a thousand times smarter <laughs> about right. living out yeah, here than, the land. than these guys right. who just purchased everything. I mean, it's just like now. If you were going to go put a colony on an island somewhere, you'd be a whole lot better off getting some dudes from Montana than you would like gathering up a group of college kids from Santa Monica, <laughs> you know? Right. They wouldn't make it. So. And um, so Elizabeth won, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was kind of the backer, the yeah, the person in charge of England, the Queen of England, and uh, and she was all behind this. But she passes away, and James one takes over, right? And things start to go south a little bit when he takes over. Well, for the colony, it does because when Queen Elizabeth was still in charge, she had King James's mom, Mary, executed. All right, so when you kill somebody's mom (laughs) and then they become king, never looks good on a resume, it doesn't work out well. So her court, now the Queen's already dead, right? But her court, guys like Sir Walter Raleigh, um, King James cuts Raleigh's head off. Right. He goes after the Tudors for a number of reasons. One, they killed his mom. Two, he made peace with Spain immediately. And the Tudors were upset about that because mm-hmm. they've been fighting Spain their whole life. Right. The Tudors don't want King James. They want to install somebody else, at least in his mind. And that's all that, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. That's what he thought. So he goes, puts him in jail or kills him or tries him for treason. You're not going to get a real fair trial. And then James is going to start Jamestown, you know, in 1607. And he's mostly known for the King James Bible, but that's 1611 when he does that. Um, Anyway, he makes no real effort to contact his colony because he, it's not that he hates the colonists. He doesn't even know them. They're just the drogues of society, but he can't stand the investors. He doesn't like Raleigh. He doesn't like any of these merchants that have invested in it. The queen had invested in it. She gave 400 pounds of gunpowder from the Tower of London. The the second or the largest ship that ever came over here in any of the voyages was the Tiger. And that was built by her father, Henry VIII. So she's going to lend that out. The rest of the ships were owned by these leather merchants and different people that stood to make money off of the deer skins and what have you, the pearls and everything. Right. So James is just kind of had it with the tutors so he doesn't do anything that's why they're the abandoned colony they wrote down where they went nobody ever went there look except once but they got driven off by a storm and then there was zero attempt after that they never tried again 1602 some ships sent by raleigh farted around wilmington which is over 100 miles from here and um just that's it they didn't they were more interested in pirating than anything else which they admitted and uh they just assumed the colony was dead. They probably mm-hmm. were. I mean, Jamestown, half of them died within a year. Um, and they had help from Indians too, with Pocahontas and <laughs> all that stuff. Right. So it's, I don't think the colony did too well. Jamestown's only 20 years later. And nobody ever came up to Jamestown from anywhere and was like, hi, we're over here. We have cake, you know? Can you tell me about the uh, current archaeology status and, and how, how that's going? So the real work is after the digging is over. Yeah. So the fun part is digging, and that's what people see on TV, and they see the dig house. We're cleaning a little bit. But all of that iron has to go through electrolysis. you got to look at the isotopes of the copper. you got to use an XRF machine on all of the glass and all of the brass, and you're putting together clay pots. And you're, all of the, the reconstruction of the longhouses on this graph paper going into computer models and everything that is done is done after you're sealed everything up and are you doing it or are you shipping out to a lab or something? it's a lots of lots and lots of people involved in in all of the analysis um i do get to put together some of the clay pots and things that you can't screw up but most of the upper level science is being done in labs um over in london and some of it in boston and william and mary got involved there there's a 
um, professor from University of Michigan, Dr. Henry Wright, who's been super helpful. And um, we've got botanists from California. And it, there's all kinds of things going on. They're, they're um, looking at the enamel of the deer and you can extract the diet. And wow. it, it's amazing what just the last 15 years, what we were able to do that we couldn't do before. Wow, yeah. So. And do you, you plan out your next summer's dig like right now? We're probably gonna dig in April. However, we're working on, um, this. somebody approached me about this and they, they said that the base of one of the old life-saving stations that's gone is there and we could do some archeology span there. And I said, I don't mind taking a week to do that and bring our team over there because that would be simple compared to what we've been doing right. and we've also been invited to Ocracoke so wow. we might dig some other places because um, all of this history is important not just the Croatoan but all of the history of the island and it's not like the Park Service is going to do it. <laughs> you kind of they're too busy I, wasting money on Roanoke over and over and over again. You know, I must admit, I I try to read between the lines, and I can definitely read between your lines. And, yeah, and that is, you have no faith in in the National Park Service and doing I, anything. I have no historical. faith in any government at all. <laughs> As if you're a student of history, that should be what you learn. That was is, in 101, right? Right. Like you shouldn't, <laughs> anything that you can do without the government, do it without them. Right. You're going to be a it lot just more makes everything cost more and go slower. Yeah. Too much bureaucracy and greed. Right. And so, and so is your spring and summer filled with digging or? No, we don't. We only dig for about two weeks. Okay. And that's it. Is it, um, it's not like Roanoke where they just sip sand. Here, you're getting hundreds of thousands of artifacts. Wow. And they're everything from those tiny little Venetian beads to like, you know, parts of guns. And um, it's just a huge task when you get that much out of the ground because yeah. everything has to be weighed, measured, cataloged, and it takes forever. If we dug for a whole summer, it would take 50 years to go through. <laughs> That's gotta you be know, exciting, it, though. I mean, it's a good problem. Nothing, to have. nothing worse than you know, digging you find nothing. Yeah, I don't. I've, we've never done that, so I don't <laughs> know. But um, yeah, that would suck. I can't imagine doing a dig and finding nothing. That would be <laughs> just gutting. T t tell us real quick the story. And I heard the story before at the uh, country club. You you were doing a little demonstration with the Hatteras high school kids oh and you're just I, this is just a sample yeah pit. this isn't gonna this isn't gonna uh, yield anything and sure enough you yield a well, bunch of stuff they it was the middle school act so Hatteras is um it's called the secondary school it's grades 6 through 12 it used to be k through 12 when i was there and we got the middle school kids and i think a couple of ninth graders out of the high school and we went back to dig a little tub, bathtub size hole. Where's this? Um, behind the school. Okay. Just right behind the school. Right. And we're like, well, let's go somewhere that's undisturbed. It doesn't have a soccer field. Like, we'll go somewhere near some trees that looks like an undisturbed spot. Just, you know, for the chance of something. Right. And we dug a hole that was no more than two and a half feet wide and about six feet long. And they found 13 pieces of pottery that all fit together <laughs> and made this That's giant crazy. bowl and then two spearheads from like 500 BC and that that's bizarre so then we had to take them into the art room and show them how to put it together and they've got it in a case if you go to the school the principal has it in their office so um yeah they were like wow another one and we're like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it. So they have now found more than Roanoke Island. <laughs> bathtub size hole behind the school. Give those kids a PhD. Some somebody <laughs> in that grade is probably gonna grow up and be an archaeologist. Totally. Spark their mind. You had know. all that excitement? Heck yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, uh, the name of the show is Treasures of the Outer Banks for multiple reasons. One is I think people like you are treasures, but also I like finding stuff. You yeah. know, and, and what better way to just talk to a guy who's you know, part of his job is just finding stuff is so cool. Yeah, it is really fun, man. I mean, sometimes you don't know what you have until later. Right. You know, you don't, you're not real sure what it is or you think it's this, and then you got to wait for the analysis to confirm what it is or what it isn't. And, um, I mean, it's so exciting because you don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. But you can come in here and see 
years worth of digging. We have all of the, the to, best. To go ahead and tell us. We're sitting in your museum. T yeah. Tell us where we're at. We're at Milepost 61 in Buxton, right next to Fatty's. And uh, when you come into Buxton from the north, it's the first thing on the right. So inside here, we have artifacts from the Croatoan tribe and from the colony that they adopted. Um, but it runs through all the way to airplane wings with bullet holes in them from World War II. We've got Civil War stuff. We've got all, all the different ages. Obviously, the focus is on the Croatoan people, and that's um, what the bulk of the artifacts are because they're not here anymore. It's important to get as much as we can out of the ground and analyze before it's under some pink Easter egg colored house, you know? Right. Uh, the people that are coming down now and building these 20 bedroom, whatever, they don't care. Right. So, the, two things. One, does, does the word Croatan drive you crazy? Yeah. So 100% of the time it's spelled Croatan. It actually comes from the Algonquin word Croatan which means council town. So Croatan is just <laughs> a hillbilly way of saying Croatan. And I think like make the effort to say it right. Come on, like think about it if it put yourself in their moccasins, right? If English was no longer spoken at all, right? Right. And then you had some white people who lived in a reservation that was surrounded, like say we got conquered by China or something. You know, think, just put yourself in a, just, to switch it around a little bit like you should at least make the effort to say the name right right and if it's written in a time where there is no universal spelling and they're still spelling it this way right. every single time every time there i can't find another word that is so raleigh spelled his name four different ways in one document <laughs> right but croatoan is right. spelled that way every single time it doesn't matter if it's john white grenville harriet whoever's when do you think it's it. switched switched over it it switched the same way i i was asked this by the virginian pilot yeah i said how many people call your paper virginia pilot right and uh, all of them right <laughs> but it says virginian at the top we don't like syllables man people are, people <laughs> we're are lazy, lazy talkers we're just lazy talkers it's like like in tennessee maryville is Merville, right yeah. and if you're from there it's just move right it, people just don't like to open their mouth um <laughs> But yeah, Croatan. Like, if I'm doing research and I see that, I don't even read the rest of it. <laughs> it's right? like, well, you've made no effort at all to, to spell anything right. So. Right. right. I have a I have a book, but I'm not going to mention the author because I think he does some really good work. But there's a story by a, another Outer Banks author, and the, the whole article I'll, I'll show it to you after we 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 sign off here. But everything's Croatan, Croatan, Croatan. I'm like, oh boy, uh -huh. Scott's not going to like this. So, so my other question is... Well, later, <laughs> 400 years from now, they spelled Virginia, Virginio or something. That would be irritating. Like, because right. you're going, where did this come from? Because it's not written that way ever right. until hundreds of years later. Right. So, yeah. They, um, there's a Croatan County, a Croatan Sound, there's a Croatan High School, and yeah. they all spelled it wrong. Yeah. There's a Croatan in Virginia. Yeah, my like, my friend cool. coaches. There's only one Croatoan, which is where the colony went, and that's Hatteras <laughs> Island. And it's clearly labeled on John White's map, and it has two O's in it. So plus, man, if you ever wanted to use it in Scrabble, that's more points. <laughs> um, so you you kind of you alluded to seeing these monstrosity houses going up, and, and it just kind of breaks your heart that there's potential dig sites uh, being wiped out and. I got to imagine, I, I know I would, you got to be driving by new construction and saying to yourself, maybe I'll just walk around the, the, the yard real quick and just see, <laughs> see without, if I can find anything. permission, I always just go ask them and they usually are going to say yes. Like, look, I'm not some leftist that's trying to keep you from developing. Because if you have that attitude, no one will give you permission to be <laughs> anywhere. Right. So, But I will ask them, hey, look, this is who I am. Do you mind if I just walk around and salvage some of this that's on the surface already? And this entire case right here is all from that. Is that right? So I have an just, entire case just of stuff that was ruined by somebody putting it in a pool or whatever. Wow. And sometimes they're like, no, because they're afraid if you find something significant, they won't be able to add a 20th bedroom or whatever. Right. Oh, well, I can't do anything about that. But yeah, it's gutting, man. They, they built some condos at Hatter's Village and went right over top of a mass grave. It had 110 people in it. No way. Now that grave was found in the 70s, so they probably forgot or didn't care. They're supposed to stop when they find stuff. So you're relying on people 
to right. lose their own job right. by report. That's the dumbest thing ever. Right. Um, in every country with a flushing toilet except America, when they do new construction like that, archaeologists go in and, and check it out first. And they can still build. They just get the stuff out first. Now, that should have been marked down as a massive site and been on registered yeah. and this and that. Right. But then you'd have to admit the Croatoan are real, right? Right. <laughs> So we're, there's been a concerted effort by the county and the state to kind of squash the history here. Um, and the evidence for that is it's taught in school you know, right. that way. How crazy is that? I mean, I used to be an educator. Granted, I was just a PE teacher, yeah. but, um, but it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of hypocritical that we're educators and wouldn't educators do the research, find the truth, and then relay that information? But... It's almost like people just want to take the lazy way out and just, eh, we'll stick with this story. It's, it's entertaining. that are teaching this now don't know that they're lying because they were lied to. Right. This has been going on since the 30s. I didn't start getting into the textbooks till a little later. You can go get a um, textbook, North Carolina textbook from before the play from an antique store, and it tells you they came down here and know in certain terms. That mythology didn't start. The term lost colony, the idea they're missing at all is from fiction. It's not real. Um, prove to me they're lost, because your only source for that is Paul Green, right? right? Who made it up out of the thin air. I think that the teachers today that are saying it, they don't know that it, that it's wrong. And when you point it out, they usually, well, where's your source? Well, right here, you know, here, here, and here. Then they'll teach it the right way. But how do you reach all of them at once? I don't know if that's a board of education or what, but every county is different. Wake County right now teaches it correctly. It is starting to change. You are starting to see some schools teach the truth, but there needs to be more of a consolidated effort because kids are learning in Florida and Maine and Nebraska that no one knows what the word croatone means, and they just basically get the narrative of the play as if that's real history, and it, it isn't. Um, 
this is not unique. Uh, in Colorado, they learn about the, the Sand Creek battle instead of massacre, right? Really? Right, right yeah. Now, maybe not on the reservations, they're not learning that, but right. everybody else is. So um, that's, that's a constant battle trying to... It's not like um, getting the lost colony wrong is the only thing that they got wrong in school. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be here all day. But right. we're trying to fix this one chunk, right. you know, and I think that that's worth doing. Right. So how can people help? I hate to say it, but money <laughs> right. is the biggest problem. We got more than enough volunteers. It's because everybody want, who wouldn't want to dig, right? And find stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. But what we need are glass cases that are vacuum sealed and that we can put these iron artifacts in so they don't oxidize so that people can enjoy and see this for decades to come instead of, you know, just my lifetime. <laughs> and Kaz Hatteras, C-A-S Hatteras.com, there's, that's a web page with a donation button. It's a tax write-off. It's a 501c3, you know, you're either going to get... C-A-S stands for? Croatoan Archaeological Society, and it's better to give to us and have your money go to something that's cool than to give it to government to waste on whatever. Right. Um, so if you need a tax write-off, there it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the perfect one, and and every penny goes to digging, goes to cases, goes to displays, goes to further the story and help tell the truth. And that's all we're doing is just trying to tell the truth and offend as many people as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, any new projects coming up? Any new books or anything? No new books. There is um, a book I wrote about a year ago called Red Rodanthe that's being made into a movie. Um, Justin Hawkins, who did Ouija House with Tara Reid, and them, he has written a screenplay based on this book and that's going to be exciting to see in a theater something that I wrote my first time trying fiction and got a movie nice so one for one <laughs> <laughs> it'd be weird if Red Rodanthe is what opens the door to help all the other stuff because um, I've got everything else that I've written is nonfiction. I got a book on pirates called Dark Waters and I've got a book on the colony called Hatter's Island and the Lost Colony. I hate that title. The publisher picked it. Sounds like a term paper. But, uh, the Lost, I'm sorry, this one? Yeah, I, ha I had originally named it uh, um, Beneath the Sands of Time Unearthing the Lost Colony. And it so, had this tree on there, and then underneath the tree were roots that went to photos of artifacts. Right. And instead, they took a generic picture of a sand dune and wrote Hatteras Island and the Lost Colony. And they were going to put Roanoke on it. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> right. Because they have nothing to do with the story. Right. Um, almost nothing. Almost The only thing that happened on Roanoke Island was Virginia Dare was born there. And right. George Howe got killed there. Right. But they, the first landing took place here. They met Manio here. This is where everything happened. This right. is where Stafford was when he spotted Drake. And all everything happened here. And kids don't learn any of that. Every, they, they're just so egotistical, I think, um, on Roanoke Island when they were doing this that they cut everyone out of the story except them, hmm. including the south end of the island. Like, Wanchis isn't in the story either. It's all the North End, like, to a disgusting degree. And when they set up Festival Park, which is a state-run park, so it's supposed to tell the truth. I used to work there. What they give you when you were hired, at least when I was there, was this cherry-picked stuff out of primary sources that only dealt with Roanoke Island. Really? I was like, you left out the entire first voyage. You're like, well, that one didn't come here. So we're <laughs> supposed to part. tell the history, not what, <laughs> yeah. not limit it to Roanoke Island, but tell the whole thing. And they don't do that. Um, so they interpret only 1585, but only five months after being here when some people went to Roanoke, right? right. That's all they interpret. <laughs> That's only and when, then they're yeah. like, well, what about 87? And that, well, we let the play do that. The play is fiction, right? Yeah. So what do you mean? So there's no effort at all to tell the right. truth. Um, and that's a state-run thing. Now, I will say that the individuals that work there will tell you the truth. If you go in there and like, <laughs> talk long enough, they'll tell you. Because they are educated and they do know and they do care. Right. Um, but that's not what the state wants them to do. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Jeez, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, that ship itself was financed by donations from all over. And the people who made the donations were told it's going to go port to port. It'll be in Beaufort. It'll be in Ocracoke. It'll go to Elizabeth City and Newburn. And then that didn't happen. Right. And then it's not allowed to leave June, July, or August at all. And if it goes anywhere after that, they charge like ten grand for it to show up to a potato festival for a weekend. Jeez. And they got there's some lawsuits about it or whatever, but basically, um that ship was financed by people who were told that it would be everywhere and instead it just is Roanoke Island. Yeah. Right. And that might be because they had a senator from there for forty years. I don't know. <laughs> but uh that it's it's just gross how much they lie like there's no integrity at all right the um you could go on and on about it i mean if if where the the play is was a significant archaeological spot they got a parking lot the size of two football fields right on top of it so right that shows you what they were more concerned can't dig there is getting parking right mattered more than finding because there's nothing there Right. There is nothing there. If you read the real sources, you know that. But if you go by the, the play's narration, it's like, damn, there was a settlement up here? Well, no. They <laughs> never found any evidence of a settlement on the north end of Roanoke. Right. Not once. Funny. Right. Because there wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Well, well Scott, um, the name of the show is, is Treasures of the Outer Banks. You're definitely a treasure, and you're digging up treasure every day for a living. I kind of like that. Um, yeah. I appreciate you being out here today. Um, and if there's anything we can do for you, just let me know. Sounds good, man. Just, um, we're going to keep on digging and you can't find anything if you don't look. Excellent. I'm extremely thankful for Scott Dawson to sit down and share his knowledge with me today at the Lost Colony Museum in Buxton. His book, The Lost Colony and Hatteras Island is a real eye opener and the information is incredible. It's a story that needs to be told to everyone that will listen. You can buy the book at the Lost Colony Museum and Gift Shop in Buxton, or you can find it in local bookstores on the Outer Banks. And if you're not on the Outer Banks, the local bookstores here are happy to ship items to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I would really appreciate it if you would write a positive review for the podcast. While you're at it, let me know what you liked about this episode. Don't forget, be sure to check out my website, treasuresoftheouterbanks.com, and sign up for the weekly email so we can stay in touch. I promise I won't be annoying. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode, and until that time, make it a good one.